listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and game-winning threes and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and tonight I am flying solo like Sikoa. The GM is not here tonight. He's busy. He's out doing his thing, so I'm going to go ahead and run this post-game episode on my own because... You know, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about doing an episode, let alone an episode without my my brother, my co-host, my tag team partner. I had to just, you know, I had to do it. I really wanted to do it, especially considering uh, the circumstances that took place according to this game between the Rockets and the Pelicans. Before I go into it, once again, give a follow to all of us on the Apollo Podcast Network that continues to kill the game. That's right. Follow all of us at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. Everybody, I know what you may be thinking. Me, the biggest Jabari fan that y'all probably know, is he actually going to come on his own show, his podcast, coming on the Summit State of Mind, and actually comment on a game where Jabari Smith hit a game winner? Absolutely, I'm gonna come on this show and I am gonna talk about my boy. That's right. This is insane, guys. This, uh, well, you know what? Let's start with this. Ryan Holland said it best a star is born 100% in a game where he probably, out of the, the seven to eight game span in which he's been on a tear, this is probably his least impactful game, yet he found a way to find the most impact in the biggest situation, aka. Auburn Jabari, welcome to the building. The Houston Rockets take down the Pelicans 114 to 112. They extend the win streak to three games. And more importantly, they continue to play spoiler on the Western Conference teams that continue to try to find a place in the playoffs. New Orleans, that is literally on the brink of making the play in and within play in reach, need this win that is the insane part about this game is that this Houston Rockets team this three games is like look we know what the Houston Rockets are they're not a good team like they just improved to win number 18 on the year like this team isn't good like we're gonna call a spade a spade here we know what they are but the fact of the matter is that it's not just a three game winning streak it's a three game win streak against three different teams that are basically vying for playoff spots. The Pelicans just dropped to the 12th seed, but they are literally just one game back from the 10th seed and finding their way into the play. And so every game matters. So it doesn't matter who's in or who's out. The Pelicans needed this. They needed this win. I think that's what's really cool about this game and what the in the type of game that this Rockets team has been playing as of late, they took into account to be spoilers. Shout out to Kevin Porter Jr. That 
that was recently quoted as saying that. He said, we want to be that team. We want to play spoiler. We know what this is. We know we don't have a shot at making the playoffs or the play-in. We want to play spoiler. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue to make an impact on these last games of the season. And boy, howdy, has the Houston Rockets found a way to make an imprint on the season in a game and a season where myself and the GM called this the worst season of our lifetimes. The Houston Rockets hurt us. They hurt us well, and they have been performing these last three games. And let's open it up right now. We have to talk about it. Jabari Smith Jr. is him. The stat line doesn't say much. Like, honestly, if you were to watch the totality of the game, the impact wasn't, like, it wasn't insane. He had 11 points. He was a minus 18 on the floor. So it wasn't, like, a a standout game by any means. But he shot the ball efficiently. He only got up eight shots. He shot five of eight. He was one of three from three with the biggest game winner of the the season. And and I want to talk about the game winner first and foremost. So let's circle circle back and let's talk about the game winner. The first thing I want to say, is that they had Jabari kind of playing in the pistol formation. If you notice how the the play was drawn up, it looked like it might have been a play to kind of carry it into LP, maybe a pass to a pass back for three, or to find a way to get Kevin Porter or a Jalen Green open. That looked like that was the play. When they were bringing the ball in, they weren't really even looking at Jabari. It seemed like Jabari Smith was more or less a safety net at the last second if they really, really needed, um, really needed him. But it did not seem like he was the first option. It didn't even seem like he was the second option. Maybe not even the third option. That's the thing about this is that even though he wasn't even touted to being the guy that was going to make the big shot or the biggest shot, Jay Sean Tate found a way to find find him. And I think that's what you know, it's such it's such a big moment for him and it's such a big moment for the organization and for the team. Because the thing is is that look, I'm replaying that that play right now and I'm I'm looking at it as it's happening. And the cool part is that he gave look, first of all, the defender gave him too much room. The defender gave him way too much room. It, it, the disrespect factor is there. Let's start with that. The fact that the Pelicans team knows what has been the totality of Jabari season. He was struggling. You know, it's funny that Pelicans, the Pelicans player reminded me so much of all the haters in the beginning of the season or most of the season that were tweeting so heavily on why Jabari Smith, you know, sucks. I've heard it all. Jabari Smith sucks. Jabari Smith is a bust. Jabari Smith can't dribble. Jabari Smith can't shoot. Jabari Smith can't finish. Jabari Smith can't hit a layup. I've heard it all. Jabari Smith can't defend what happened to Auburn Jabari. The New Orleans Pelicans defender seemed to have seen uh, the allegations, and he laid off of him. I mean, if seeing this play, he gave him a good, solid, like, four feet, five feet of room to operate. And then finally, Jabari catches the ball. He's going he's gonna to drive right, drive right, stop, stutter step, drive right again, go right into his pocket for the three. The defender did not respect the shot. And the proof is in the pudding itself. And Mark Jackson said it best, hand down, man down. He put his hand up way too late. He let Jabari get into the pocket of his shot. Jabari loves going right. He loves going right. He loves pulling up. He knows how to pull up. And he did it all in rhythm. You wanted to make Jabari uncomfortable. You play tight from the get-go. You were, look, you were up one. You were up one. You don't want to give up a foul. But are you going to, you really think the defenders, or sorry, or is the ref going to, you know, call the foul for a rookie like Jabari? No. 
the the best defense at that moment would have been to maybe you didn't need to get so close but he gave him five feet of room before the ball was even inbounded the fact of the matter is, is that they did not respect Jabari's jump shot, and they ultimately paid the price. Jabari Smith, who was recently uh, accounted by Vanessa Richardson, who uh, told everyone on the broadcast a game or two ago that he accounts his improvement to his games with his dad and going back to basics, fixing the mechanics of his shot, and trusting the process and not putting too much pressure on himself. And you're seeing it right now, guys. Seven games straight of, of just confident Jabari Smith worthy of the number three pick and this is literally the culmination of everything that's been happening during this season during the seven game stretch to get to this moment to where he is finally garnering some type of respect and I'll say and I said in the beginning of the episode and I'm gonna say it now Ryan Holland said it best a star is truly born in Houston it was a perfect shot swish Barely hit the backside of the rim, barely grazed it, went in, confidence was key. And and I know everyone's probably wondering, like, what was my experience like when I was watching this? The crazy thing is, you know, I'm 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 just at home and I'm I'm watching this this whole game play out. And I got to that last minute, especially and we're gonna talk about the Jalen Green shot because that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But from the last like three seconds from when Jabari got to pull up my thought process was I saw Jabari in the pistol formation I saw Jay Sean Tate looking left the whole way not looking at Jabari and I kept thinking to myself if you can and I saw the room that the Pelicans defender was giving him if you give him five feet or six feet of space he's gonna get into his rhythm he's gonna get into his shot and if he makes it or misses it that's that's gonna be fully on Jabari but the fact of the matter is that the respect factor isn't there Jay Sean was not looking his way the whole time. I kept saying to myself, if Jabari gets the ball, if Jabari can get his hands on the ball, we're going to win the game. So the second that Jay Sean finally looks right and he kicks it to Jabari on the inbound, I had my hands up. I was standing up and I was like, game. This is game. I don't care what happens. I don't care what type of shot Jabari is going to get up. It's game. I had my hand up the whole way. Both hands were up and I wasn't even freaking out. I said, game. This is game. Jabari Smith dribbles, stutter steps, dribbles right once again, gets into the pocket of his shot, perfectly in motion, trusts the process, drains the three, and I didn't even scream, guys. I did not even scream. I sat, I stood there with the biggest swagger you could ever have in a, in a Filipino home like myself, the most swagger in the world of just standing there and realizing, you know what? I'm so happy. And the thing is, is like, I'm not happy because, you know, I'm not happy because Jabari Smith is finally, you know, showing out. I'm not even going to scream and jump and go nuts. This isn't even about that. This is just Jabari Smith, not even talking to the haters, but Jabari Smith not proving every, it's not even Jabari Smith proving everybody wrong. It's Jabari Smith proving himself right, proving me right, because I've been such an avid believer in him from day one. The work ethic is there, guys. The thing is, is that if you go back to his video, if you go back to the Ringer video uh, in the beginning during the draft of 2022, before he got drafted, I think it came out about a few weeks in like June, you got to kind of see his thought process. He's the type of player that just doesn't give up. He's the type of player that doesn't rest on his laurels. He's the type of player that doesn't just sit there and pout. Like, for example, even in the late stages of the game, I noticed that they were riding with Tari Eason while Jabari Smith was on the bench. Was Jabari complaining? No. Was he sulking? No. 
he got up, he was one of the most animated teammates on the bench cheering on his squad because that's the type of player that Jabari Smith is. And and that's the funny thing too because a lot of fans nowadays they don't like it, you know, because they dealt with too much diva and and in this day and age where you deal with the diva player that doesn't want, you know, that just feels like they deserve more minutes or feels like they, you know, they deserve this or that or, or they deserve starting minutes or closing minutes, they're going to sit there and pout. Jabari Smith did not do that. He stayed the course. He stayed with the team. He supported the players. Alperin Shangun comes up with a big jam. Jabari Smith was going absolutely nuts. He was there with them every step of the way in the fourth quarter, cheering on Atari Eason, who was basically playing in his position at that moment. So this is just a testament to how good Jabari Smith is and how good he can be. It's a coronation to a degree. Jabari Smith has officially arrived on the Houston Rockets. Jabari Smith has finally taken the shuttle and is officially taken the rocket pack and he's officially flying himself and all the haters and all the fans alike and he's finally taking us to the moon because he's finally putting it all together this is the Jabari Smith that I believed in this is the Jabari Smith that I knew could be good this is the Jabari Smith that I know he how good he can be Jabari Smith is him I promised you guys this from the day that we drafted him I promised you guys this before we drafted him and the thing is is like I'm going to reiterate this one more time this it isn't the fact that Jabari Smith, you know, hit the game-winning three. Of course, that's the biggest moment. But it's it's how it sets up to get there. You know, it's how he sets himself up to get there. The preparation, the practice, to get to that moment. There was no fear in his eyes. There was no uh, second of hesitation. He wanted the shot. He knew he could make the shot. It's so much like Kevin Durant. It so much reminds me of a Kawhi Leonard. It reminds me of, you know, a Paul George, just those forwards. It reminds me almost of like a Tracy McGrady that pulls up in the game-winning situation that isn't afraid to take that big shot. I'm telling you all right now, not very few players in the NBA today have the balls to take that type of shot, no matter who's in front of you. The fact of the matter is that think what you may want to think, and you may have your feelings towards Jabari Smith, and I fully respect it. No, not really. Y'all can really shut up at this point. Because Jabari Smith has proven everything he's needed to prove up to this point. People tend to forget he's still 19. He doesn't even turn. He doesn't even turn 20. He doesn't even leave his teens for another two months. And he's hitting a game winner tonight. He hit a game tire in Indiana. He is the only teenager in NBA history with three games in a row of 20-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. There is something special about this guy. And if you don't understand that and you don't see that, you need to reevaluate your your look and the way that you're looking at basketball at its purest form. Because the NBA nowadays is so conducive upon, you know, aesthetics, the ball handling, the dribbling, you know, that's what, that's the sexy thing, hitting shots, hitting threes, making circus layups, you know, being able to, you know, make players fall down, that is basketball nowadays, people go nuts over that, but the basics of basketball itself, basketball and its art in its purest form happened tonight, a guy who's, who's heard the noise, who was expected to go first overall, who was number three overall, then struggled out of the gate, who struggled for 70% of the season with very few flashes of brilliance, 
has trusted the process, has trusted his teammates, has trusted the coach, despite his coach not wanting to run plays for him, and trusting his work ethic at the end of the day. It got him here. It got him here to this moment, and he fully earned it. He fully deserves it. Jabari Smith hits the game-winning three to ultimately give the Rockets their third win in a row, 114-112. Now, I'd like to backtrack as well. You know, I don't want to spotlight just Jabari Smith. There was a certain play that happened prior that set up that particular moment, and that was a Jalen Green inbound fadeaway to literally, Craig Ackerman said it best, a toenail on the line, literally a toenail away from a tied game, and that's exactly what it was. It was 111, it, well, it, it started at 109 to 112 on a play on an inbounds play. Jalen Green caught it on the left uh, left side of the floor from the corner, and he pulls up with reckless abandon, no hesitation. It reminded me so much of a Michael Jordan shot, a Kobe Bryant shot. It was just so smooth. It was someone who also has been doing the work nonstop at the gym, who's just kind of also heard the noise as well because it was a perfect pocket shot for Jalen Green, like moving off the ball. And I think for for fans alike that have, have dealt with the James Harden years has been wanting to see a shooting guard kind of be able to move a little bit more off the ball. Like Jalen does need the ball. Like he does need to handle the rock and he's proven time and time again that he, he has vision and that he, that he has improved on his handling. But that inbound pass to get him a really good shot on a fadeaway jumper that was right in his pocket, right in his wheelhouse. He was able to rise up, no hesitation, and shoot the shot. And and I think that's the cool thing about this play is, is that it does remind me of a Michael and a Kobe. And, like, people are going to be like, oh, man, you know, you're comparing it to Michael or Kobe. Like, no, I, I'm not comparing his overall game. I'm comparing that shot to a Michael or a Kobe Bryant or, you know, take your pick or a Jamal Crawford even or a Lou Williams, dare I say, you know, just any shooting guard that can hit a big shot in that moment. Jalen Green has worked his ass off to get to this point as well. Like, I think that's the awesome part. The, the buildup of the this fourth quarter was basically, like, it's insane if you were to, like, break it down piece by piece because what it is, it's a culmination of... Every, all the negatives that people have been saying, and then myself included, like I'm guilty of this too. I'm not perfect. I, 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 I will hate on certain players, not really hate, but you know, I, we come on this show to, you know, tell you the good things and to also criticize because that's look, we're, we're media. That's what we do. So for Jalen green, his ability to kind of pull up on that and, and stay with that shot is, is something that you can't. And I, and I, I ask you guys to go ahead and watch that playback and it's going to, it's going to go down as a very underrated shot, but it basically sets up the Jabari shot. And more importantly, it creates a two for one opportunity. I think that was the best part about it was that that shot happened at the 32nd mark, which gave us about, about five or six seconds to work with. Uh, you didn't need a foul at that point. It was the perfect shot at that moment because even if it was a two, you still create one more position possession for yourself for your team 
if he get the rebound. They actually did not. Uh, they, they ended up uh, losing the ball, and then the shot clock went down again. Luckily, with about a three-second differential, and it happened exactly uh, perfectly planned because Brandon Ingram had two straight jump shots that he could have hit. He probably should have hit as well. Uh, I've seen Brandon Ingram hit that shot in his sleep. He missed them both. It created that perfect opportunity uh, to get Jabari the game winner. So Jabari doesn't get to the game winner without Jalen Green's jumper. So I wanted to give, you know, I wanted to give my flowers to uh, to Jalen Green as well because that was a perfectly placed shot and a perfectly uh, planned play by Steven Silas coming out of that timeout. Uh, with with the Jalen Green getting the corner jumper, I would call it the corner three, but it was it wasn't a corner three. Toenail on the line, crappy is that right? But even leading up to the Jalen Green jump shot, like KJ Martin. Okay, I want to spotlight KJ Martin as well. He didn't like do anything outstanding, and I think that that's where it kind of falls by the wayside because I, I don't want to call like I don't want to hate on Ken, KJ Martin, but like he did. He was a minus 27, but where I didn't realize, and I've said this time and time again on the show, where I have truly underrated him is his ability to stay consistent, and he has another four for seven, over 50% uh, from the field. He went one of two from three. He, he shot five of six from the field line. He only lost, He only missed one, and he got 14 points. Like, he's going to consistently give you at least 10 points, and they're easy buckets, that's the great thing about KJ Martin, 10 to 12 points a game at least, and he's been scoring a lot more than that as of late. He's, you know, he's been doing everything you could ask of him. He's absolutely earned that that slot as the starter for this season. And anytime like people including myself, the ones that didn't believe in him initially, you find yourselves at a loss for words and and I'm there too. KJ Martin has proven it. He's proven it to me that he's a consistent player and an exact room of inconsistency that is the Rockets. The Rockets need some type of stability, and KJ Martin does provide that stability. He's always there. You know what game you're going to get from him, and he always gives you at least 10 points of night and about five or six rebounds a game. So I think that KJ Martin setting that up, hitting these free throws, especially these free throws down the stretch. He hit four free throws, didn't miss a single one down the stretch in the fourth quarter. They needed each and every free throw he had because... Uh, because KPJ wasn't making uh, his free throws too, he was able to make two uh, down the uh, down till we got to the waning minutes of the game. But in the beginning of the fourth quarter, he missed two uh, crucial free throws that could have brought the that could have brought the Pelly's lead even down. But I wanted to give KJ Martin his flowers too because he's absolutely earned it. Another person that deserves his flowers. Holy crap! KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. Talk about stepping up in a big moment against a player like Brandon Ingram against a player who. Who, who's up he's up look let's be honest uh, Brandon Ingram is a stud like he is low-key a stud he's probably one of the more underrated players in the NBA and KPJ went at him like a dog he totally pulled he pulled the Sam Cassell he took the ball went coast to coast shot the three in in Brandon Ingram's face stole the ball from Ingram and then decided to hit him with the John Cena you can't see me step back and hit a three I, I can't, like, talk about, like, the sauce that Kevin Porter Jr. has. The thing is, is this. I've always said this. He's always had a top five bag in the NBA, and I still believe it to this day. He has a top five bag in the NBA. His consistency is what's bothered me. I want him to be more consistent. But this, look, like I said, you don't get to the Jalen Green shot 
without this KPJ3 that helps set it up. Because they were down six. They were down six, and the game was basically over. They hit another jump shot. Like, if they created another... Like, if that possession where, where KPJ gets the steal, if they hit another jump shot, that basically expands it to a three-possession game, which would effectively, more than likely, considering how the Rockets play, would more than likely put them to bed. But Kevin Porter Jr.'s ability to just stay the course and stay with it, knowing that... You know, this isn't just about, you know, just one game, but it's about the build level of this team. Like, this is what I was hating on most of the season. This is where my critiques have hit on this team, where I felt like we haven't improved. Kevin Porter Jr. did something this uh, this game that he had not done in the past few years. That is talking about going toe-to-toe with the best player on the team, like a Brandon Ingram at that moment, who's hitting, you know, free throws all over the place, getting fouled, doing his thing, playing great defense, had a block on Jalen Green, comes in and basically, you know, takes his cookies and then goes coast to coast, makes him, makes him like do like one second of like questioning himself and then steps back and hits a three in Brandon Ingram's face. The balls on you, the cojones to be able to hit a three-pointer like that is next level and Kevin Porter Jr. has earned the right. He's earned my respect because they don't win a game like this in the beginning of the year. They don't win a game like this last year. They definitely don't win a game like this the year before. It is the growth that we needed. It's the growth that I need to see from this team if I'm going to have any hope of what this team is going to be in the future. This is the type of growth that we need. I want to culminate this episode by telling people because because I literally had someone on my Twitter as I posted the Jabari Smith uh, uh, game winner and I literally said, where are the haters at? Where are the haters at? You know, uh, follow me at Summit Commission. But someone literally goes, why are we celebrating? We need L's. Like, this is going to script the lottery odds. Hey, smart guy, let me be honest with you. This is not going to affect the lottery odds much, if at all. 14% across the board for the top three picks, okay? That is the important part. 14% for the top three picks. We are still the second worst team in the NBA. It, it doesn't, like, <laughs> we are tied with the Spurs right now for the second worst uh, record in the NBA. Pistons currently have two games on us. I'm going to tell you all right now, and I'm going to tell this guy in particular that decided to say that because I, I just want to school you guys one time. It just because you get these wins, we were so bad the entire season. Getting these wins aren't gonna wreck any curve. This is not gonna ruin any chances. The only thing, the only negative thing that these wins can possibly do is maybe project us at a lower pick, at the lowest pick possible. Which means if you have pick number, if you have the worst uh, record in the NBA, the lowest pick you can get is four. Second worst. Second worst record in the league, lowest pick becomes lowest pick becomes five, and so on and so forth. So, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. If you have the first pick, the lowest pick you can get is five. Second pick, lowest is six. Third pick, lowest is seven. That is where it could get bad. But we've been so bad over the last three years. How could you... It's like you're not rooting for growth. Because, like, look, if we were, like, one game or two games ahead of like the second or third worst team in the NBA, then I'd be like, all right, guys, maybe it's time to pump the brakes here. Maybe we got too many wins. This is not going to wreck anything, everybody. I'm telling you all right now, this isn't going to wreck any curve. 
you still have, right now, if the season ended tonight, you have the second worst record in the NBA, the lowest pick you're going to get is six, and on top of that, you still have the exact same lottery odds as the Detroit Pistons to get Victor Wembanyama. It doesn't change, guys. This That's why the NBA lottery exists. If the NBA lottery didn't exist and it was like the NFL, it was like MLB, I'd be like, yes, please, lose every game, please, because we're guaranteed Victor, but we're not. Even when we're the worst record in the NBA, which we have been the last two years, we netted the second overall pick in 2021, and in 2022, we netted the third overall pick. So guys, I'm telling y'all, this is not going to kill anything. You want to root for development at the end of the day. Root for the development. Root for the development of these guys. Root for the culture that we're finally somewhat seeing in these last few games that I have been be- I have been begging for times like this. Where I can finally get out of my seat and be excited about Rockets basketball. Guys, we suck, okay? We are not a good basketball team. But these past three games, it's kind of, it's that little window of like, yo... Yo, if these guys can put it together, holy crap. These guys can these guys can be studs. These guys can be good. These past three games have proven that we can hang. We can hang with some good teams. Lakers aren't a push. They didn't have LeBron, obviously, but be honest, guys, we're the worst team in the league. The fact that we still beat the Lakers is insane, if you think about it. We have the we have the worst record in the NBA. And you beat the Celtics that are basically vying for a title game before that. And now you're beating the Pelicans, a, game, a team that is fighting for their playoff lives. They need these wins. CJ McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, they need these wins. They need every win they can get. They probably chalk this as a dub automatically off the board. Look, they needed these wins. These are not some, you know, lower tier wins that you got against the Detroit Pistons or the San Antonio Spurs. I didn't even count the San Antonio Spurs wins. These were games that build. This is a team building. This is culture changing wins that you're getting. And they're finally getting to play big, heavy minutes, like heavy hitter minutes against teams that have either made it to the finals or have sniffed or played in the playoffs. They need this experience. They need this uh, exposure. And they need this for the culture, despite whoever's the coach is going to be next season despite who's going to be here or who's not going to be here next season this is going to build them and it's going to shape them and in a year or two when they're competing and they're you know they're starting to see the light and they know how to play they're going to look back at games like this game against the pelicans they're going to look back in the game against the boston celtics and re and remember like hey we can compete with the big dogs we can fight we are not bad we are a good team they just have to be able to put it together. They can remember these moments and remember that it is a shifting culture moment for this team and they can carry it into the future. That's why you want this win. You want these wins because at the end of the day, it doesn't wreck lottery odds. It really doesn't wreck lottery odds. You're still the second worst team in the NBA despite the win tonight. And you and you basically build the culture of the team. You kill two birds with one stone. You even kill a third by getting another win in the season. Two more wins before we tie last year's uh, record, which I did not think we were even going to get close to. 
Rockets are proving me wrong. They've spent this entire season basically uh, proving me wrong because at the beginning of the season I had them uh, close to 500 and vying for a play-in. So the Rockets continually prove me wrong uh, over the course of this season. So I just, look, this post-game episode, um, I just wanted to give my flowers to the Houston Rockets and uh, I wanted to give my love uh, for my son, uh, Mr. Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, Welcome to the show, big dog, my son is him he's continually uh showing the world what he is capable of and he deserves his flowers jalen green does kevin porter jr does uh uh kj martin does outbreaching oh my god that coast to coast by the way i was about to end the episode i can't even end the episode without the the coast to coast jam by outbreaking shangun oh my god he pulled a charles barkley totally took the rock away from valentunas went coast to coast totally had a charles barkley moment and completely dunked it down like showed his handles too like a 611 turkish center should not be able to do that that's insane when you think about it the fact that he can handle that rock taking it coast to coast and a mama a mama a mama jamma jam totally and just absolutely lit up the toyota center crowd that's like the that is like the pure upside of what an alperin shangun can do like that is a heavy moment a highlight moment and that's where like shangun gets all the love from you know not fans media even his uh fellow co-workers from players alike they all love alperin shangun it's his consistency that still bothers me I would like to see more of a consistency from him. I feel like if we can get some type of more consistency, we'll see him continue to improve. Uh, I just need to see more of that and just more of an effort on defense. But tonight, he was a man amongst men. And he had to step up because Jonas Valanciunas is a big, big boy. He had to step up and show out. And he did. He shot under 50%. But look, he had 17 points. He had 11 rebounds. He only had one assist. But he had two steals. And one of the steals that led to the uh, the Coast to Coast Jam 8 of 17 from the floor, he hit 1-3, he only shot 1, so he was perfect from there, and he was a plus 2 from the floor, what more can you ask for? He did his job, he did what he needed to do, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great game by him, and and shoutouts also, sorry, I gotta get my flowers all around, Tari Eason as well, uh, Tari Eason absolutely killed it, he, like, he played big minutes in the 4th quarter, uh, while Jabari Smith was getting his rest, and he, look, he touted up the best plus minus on the floor, he was a plus 29, geez louise, 4 of 8 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3, uh, just continually doing just the consistent stuff, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block, just stayed with it, just stayed with the process, and like, just continually, um, putting his imprint in the game, like, that's the, like, him and Shangun, just diamonds in the rough, just continually find ways to make an impact in the game, like, Tari Eason is the type of guy, like, like, people will overlook his game, but he's the type of player that he doesn't just let the game come to him, he needs to be the one to, like, come in Tasmanian devil style and, like, take the game, like, that's the type of player that Tari Eason is, like, if Tari Eason isn't aggressive, he's, if he's not gonna go take the game, then the game will run over him, but Tari Eason, the player himself, is not built that way. He's built like an animal. He literally doesn't have a he literally doesn't have a motor that stops. He is constant, like the Energizer Bunny. So I love what Tari Eason has recently been doing for this team. Just such a big jolt uh, off the bench, and even in starters minutes when he comes in and starts, just a consist also a, a consistent player to a degree can still uh, make more consistent layups he, I, I need a little bit more consistency on that end and just you know sometimes it can be over energetic too i'd like for him to also you know have the game kind of slow down in his mind so there's moments where i can feel like the game moves a little too fast for him but tonight the game was definitely slow he did his job very proud of him once again 
The Houston Rockets extend it to a three-game winning streak. The Houston Rockets improve to 18 wins on the year. They are two away from tying their record last year, and we are so stoked. We are so excited. I am buzzing right now. That's right. I am buzzing right now at the thought of what this Rockets team can do and can possibly do for years to come looking back at a game like tonight. A star is born. Jabari Smith hits a game-winning three to extend the win streak of your Houston Rockets, your team, my team, America's team, to three straight wins. The culture continues to build. The Houston Rockets, once again, come out on top. So... I hope this carries on for years to come, but I also hope it carries on to next Friday because we have a Houston Rockets watch party. If you're still listening, kudos to you. If you enjoy listening to the commission's voice, because I'm just going on and on over here. We have a Houston Rockets watch party at Memorial Trail Ice House. That's right. Memorial Trail Ice House on Washington next Friday. Houston Rockets take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Take on Dylan Brooks. Take on one of my favorite players, Desmond Bain. Uh, I don't think they're going to face off against a John Moran, unfortunately, because of all the other extracurriculars that are happening out there. But it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great time. We have the whole patio reserved for the Rockets fans. That's right. The whole patio outside, outdoor, in the beautiful weather that is Houston, is going to be reserved exclusively for our party, exclusively for Rockets fans like yourself. So I want us to pack this place up. Uh, they got great drinks. I'm hearing that there's going to be some great specials that night. Not sh- exactly sure what it is, but there's going to be great things coming up. We have a Houston Rockets ticket giveaway. That's right. Houston Rockets taking on the Detroit Pistons in late March. That will be the game that we are giving away. Free tickets for free. All you have to do is show up. All you have to do is show up. If you show up, oh, that's right. Well, show up and buy a drink. Buy a little drink ski. And then you'll get a chance to join in for this. But there's no cover charge. Zero cover charge. You can literally just come in and hang out with us. You don't need to drink. But they'll also have a food truck out there. It's going to be great times. Co-host J-Dub's going to be there. Uh, a Twitter a Twitter Rockets legend. Just a, a great dude all around. Just such a good friend of ours. And uh, he's going to be there as well. As well as uh, great Houston Rockets fans from Rockets Twitter. Across all the board from the entire city of Houston. They will all be there. We are so excited. Uh, to bring the last watch party of the of the calendar Rockets year, and we're excited to bring it out for y'all. Memorial Trail Ice House for the very last Rockets watch party, Summit Rockets watch party of the year. We hope to see all of you there. It's going to be a great time, fun time, and we hope that y'all can come out. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. The GM was not with me. I miss my brother terribly, but I'm just glad I was able to get on here and at least uh, not just speak my mind, but to at least, you know, talk to the fans, let y'all know, you know, how we felt about the game or how I felt about the game. Can't speak for the GM anyways, but it was a great game, such a culture building win. And I'm so proud of these guys. Uh, Give a follow once again to all, all of us, on our, our Twitter, our social media accounts at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. Shout outs once again to the Apollo Podcast Network brethren that continue to kill the game. Give a listen to the One Take Podcast, everything pop culture, TV shows, and movies. Go check them out. They continually kill the game with, oh, they just had the Oscars too. So hmm, you're going to have to listen to that. I'm sure they got a lot of opinions on that. So go check them out. Once again, the Apollo Texans, that's right, off the gridiron, continuing to kill the game as well with Houston Texans content. Look, 
The draft is coming around. So y'all better be ready. Apollo Texans is going to kick it in a higher gear for that. Who are the Rockets? Oh, no, no, see, Rockets was Rockets podcast. What are the Texans going to pick with their number two overall pick? Tap in with Apollo Texans. They're going to let you know who their pick should be. Give them a follow. They continue to kill the game. Off the Great Iron is their podcast. And once again, the crown jewel of Houston Astros podcast, BTD. Beyond the Diamond with Brian Lalima and Dez, who continue to kill the Astros podcast game. Make them your first listen for all Astros content. And we appreciate each and every one of y'all that give the summit your very first Rockets listen every time we produce a new episode for y'all. So we just appreciate y'all for letting us continue to uh, grace your your homes, grace your cars with our uh, voices. If we're doing 150 plus episodes, we must be doing something right. So we appreciate each and every one of y'all for coming out on behalf of myself and the GM, which I know I, I, I don't try to speak for him too much, but I'm going to go and speak for him right now as I get the go-home cue from our producer. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of y'all. We hope to see y'all at the watch party next Friday. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's keep streaking. The Rockets are streaking with three straight wins going for four on Sunday against the Pelicans. A little home on home action. We hope uh, the Rockets can extend and we hope to see y'all next Friday for the Rockets watch party. And on the go home queue here, we're going to say go Summit, go Apollo, And Jabari Smith is him. A star is born. Not one, not two, but three straight wins. Build the culture, baby. Go Rockets. The Summit for for, 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 for life.